French mathematician Blaise Pascal once said, "I have discovered that all the unhappiness of men arises from one single fact: that they cannot stay quietly in their own chamber." So what do we do? Pascal says, "We fill our lives with diversions so that we can distract ourselves from our feeble and mortal condition." In other words, we humans are a restless bunch. We don't like to stay put. We're no good in our own company, and so we seek out distractions and change. The married want to be single. The single want to be married. One worker wants to be free of work. The unemployed man just wants a job. We are forever looking ahead and thinking, if only, or backwards and thinking, those were the days. We find it almost impossible to settle in the here and now. The Christians living in Corinth were no different. Paul wrote his first letter to them, and their restlessness comes across in nearly every page. In chapter seven of the letter, Paul addresses their problem, and his overwhelming message is: stay put, because the Corinthians were anything but content. In verses one to five, we read about married people who didn't want to act married. In verses ten to sixteen, we read about those who are married to unbelievers, and they didn't want to stick with their spouses. In verses six to nine and verses twenty-five to forty, we read about single people who didn't want to be single anymore. In verses twenty to twenty-four, we read about slaves who didn't want to remain in their duties, and in verses seventeen to nineteen, we even read about the uncircumcised who wanted to become circumcised, and the circumcised who wanted to become uncircumcised. I mean, how restless do you need to be to want to alter your circumstances at that level? But Paul, his message is emphatic: "Stay put," he says. It's not a hard and fast rule. This "stay put." There are many examples within this chapter of people who change their life circumstances. So you could look at verse twenty-one or thirty-six later and see that there are some occasions when people are to move on, or at least they are free to move on. But as a rule of thumb, Paul says throughout this chapter, "Stay put, stay where God has you." He has three reasons for this. First, he says, "Remember your calling." So, verse seventeen,、uh, each one should retain the place in life that the Lord assigned to them and to which God has called them. Paul mentions this calling point again and again. Verse seventeen, verse twenty, verse twenty-four. He says that God has called us into fellowship with His Son Jesus. In fact, that's how the letter began, chapter one, verse nine. There's a great call. The Father Almighty says, "I want to call you into fellowship with My Son." And we have heard that call from so many different backgrounds in so many different circumstances. Therefore, our life situation is not the point. Fellowship with Jesus is the point, and we can have that while we're married or single, slave or free, circumcised or uncircumcised. If we're not content in Christ, then getting married or divorced or changing jobs or anything else won't solve that fundamental problem. There's nothing in our circumstances that we need to change. We are to flee from sin, but not flee from our situation. The second reason why we should、uh, stay put, as a rule, is mission. So the first reason is God's called us. The second reason reason is mission. As we build up a, a, a witness in one station in life, we can have a tremendous impact on those around us. 
Think of verse 16, where Christian spouses are called to stick at it with their non-Christian partners. When you stay put, you can make the most of that missionary situation. So stay put because you're called, stay put because of wisdom, but stay put finally because the time is short. So verse 29, what I mean, brothers, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as though they had none. Those who mourn as if they had not. Those who are happy as if they ha- as if they were not. Those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep. Those who use the things of this world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. Paul is not advocating here the abandonment of our marital and other duties. In fact, he does the very opposite in this chapter. Stick with your marriage, stick with your job and all that. So the time is short does not mean abandon all your earthly callings and just live it up or do something weird. What he's saying is the time is short, so don't live for your marriage. Don't live for the idea of getting married. Don't, Don't live for your job and don't live for your kids. Don't live for that relationship. Don't live for that achievement or that possession or that feeling. Live for that day when everything you've lost will be more than made up for and when everyone you love will meet Jesus. Live for that day, because the time is short. When we hear that phrase, the time is short, we usually think, yikes, I better run around and get as many experiences as I can. The time is short. But if we're thinking like that, we're we're imagining that our time to live is running out. That is the exact opposite of what Paul's saying. Our time to live is not running out. The time is short, and then at the end of that time, we will really live. Not long now, and we will inherit immortal bodies. Chapter 15 will tell us all about that in 1 Corinthians. Not long now, and we will explore a glorious new creation. We will be released from every burden and labor. We will enjoy the ultimate marriage with Christ forever. Not long now, until life really begins. The time in which we are asked to stick at that difficult job, that difficult marriage, that difficult singleness, that time is short, relatively speaking. Are you restless in your work, in your home, in your marriage, in your singleness? Do you peer over the fence and and, and just long for somebody else's circumstances? Do you think you'll be happy if if only you have that job, that relationship, that set of circumstances? Those things will never satisfy. As we fight for contentment in Christ, it may be that the Lord will bring us out of our current life circumstances. And it's not wrong to pray that the Lord would indeed do that. Pray that he'll take you out of circumstances if you are finding them very difficult right now. Maybe he will take you out of the circumstances and that would be great. But that is not our hope. Instead, we seek to know Jesus in the place where we are. We seek to witness to him in the here and now. And we take heart. The time is short. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the Lord.